0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: Let's say hello to the Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor of Westwood One Sports, who will be in the broadcast booth for that one. Jason, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm
2: doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having
1: me. We appreciate you joining us on the program again. And I know I'm sure it was an emotional night for you in Houston. We had a wonderful conversation with you when you found out you were on your way to the hall of fame. Can you take us back to the speech? I think it touched so many people as you laid out your journey, just the 20 miles from playing college football at Akron to Canton, but so many memories and twists and turns along the way. How much time did you put into the speech and was it a combination of coming off a script or being in the moment? How did you approach the delivery?
2: Oh, wow. Well, first of all, it was a uh, an amazing journey from not only the last 20 years, but you know particularly the last six months from finding out when I was in Houston that I was going to be in the Hall of Fame and up to the point where you get to Canton and all all the NFL and the Pro Football Hall of Fame do for, for the inductees. I mean, it was an amazing week. But the, the speech started really great. Right after I got back from from Houston, you start to put together, because over the course of you know, fifteen years of playing and twenty years since I've started playing in the NFL, and you know the forty-two years or forty-three years I've been alive, there's a lot of people that have a part of that, and that you want to thank and acknowledge. But knowing you have a certain amount of time to do it, so it was uh, pretty comprehensive. Sitting down and and uh, had a couple guys help me writing a speech. Guys that know what they're doing, putting speeches together, but. I actually didn't practice the speech. I didn't read the entire script and practice the speech until about 2 hours before the uh the ceremony. So I didn't want to I didn't want to go up and have it rehearsed. I knew everything that was in there because because it came from me and from my heart and it just it just came out. But it was uh it was a kind of a a strange but empowering time at, at the same time because it was really the first time that I kind of became vulnerable in front of people and, and put you know some of my history and background out there publicly. So it was a it was a really cool moment. It was great that I had so many teammates and former teammates and, and family there, and obviously my kids being there was was the world to me.
0: Jason, we appreciate you sharing that story, and and, and it's always great to to get levels of transparency from guys who are, uh, let's just say, like King Kong when they played. I mean, that's the way you played the game. You 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 pretty much took over the territories that you you were in when playing outside linebacker, defensive end, wherever coach had you standing, and you did a phenomenal job. But what was the driving force for you? Not saying that you were thinking about the Hall of Fame or anything like that, but now that you're in and you look back on it, what was truly the driving force to get you to put uh, 110% every time we saw you play um, on the field on Sundays, Thursdays, or Mondays? Uh,
2: As you said, it certainly wasn't the Hall of Fame. Never thought of that when I was playing, and it was—it's never even in your mind. I used to sit sit in the stadium at home here in Miami and look up at the Ring of Honor and see the guys' names, and Marino and Zalka and all the guys—not only that are in the Hall, but also in the Ring of Honor—and used to always look at them as that's a whole other league, it's a whole different stratosphere. So I'm not even shooting for that. But my my driving force every week was I—I I wanted to be the best. I, I wanted to be the best at what I did and, and perfect my craft every day, and I knew that this was only going to last so long whether it was a year, 5 years, 10, luckily for me it was 15. but there wasn't going to be a day that went by that I didn't go out there and play the game with passion and energy and because I loved what I was doing and I loved the game of football. I love I mean I still do it now and I coach two youth teams, a high school team and a youth team and I like I, it's volunteer work at the youth level and I just I love the game of football and it wasn't until I really fell in love with the process of being great that I started. That's when I started becoming. You know, I hate to say I, that I was great, but I, that's when I started becoming a player, making making plays, and and really taking my game to a different level. And I I try to tell these young kids now that, that I coach, you can't you can't fall in love with winning because you're not going to win every game. You know, it's not about oh what do you want? To do? I want to I want to win, coach, or I want to do this. It's about the process of getting there, and it's it's so different than the result. The result of winning is great. The result of losing sucks. But the process of, being, of falling in love with being great, is, is that's, that's the beauty. of it. That's, that's where I found my inner peace, so to speak, and, and really, really, really fell in love with the game. And, and the biggest thing for me was I always said that I hated losing more than I loved winning. And that, that drove me every day. I do not want to lose. I understood that there was a lot of hackers that went into winning or losing the game, but I damn sure it wasn't going to be because I didn't do something I needed to do.
1: The Hall of Famer Jason Taylor is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Let's get to the game. You'll be calling Sunday Night Football in on Westwood 1, Raiders at the Redskins. Jason, we know Khalil Mack is one of the five best defensive players in all of football, but that Raider defense struggled last year watching tape, getting ready to call this game. How much improvement have you seen defensively? They look good week one against Tennessee, and then I think everybody's going to beat the Jets as they did.
2: <laughs> well, it's you know it's the NFL, so there was... There's always a puncher's chance with the Jets, and, and uh, you know it was competitive for a minute. And, and Oakland took it to them, but the, the Oakland Raiders are a really good football team, and a team that was on to come up last year and doing very well. and Obviously, had the unfortunate injury to, to Derek Carr that, that kind of hindered them toward the end. But as you said, offensively they're very good. Defensively, not as good as they would have liked to have been last year. Um, you see improvement early. It's it's so tough to really tell what a what a team's Personality is, or what their calling card is going to be, you know, two weeks into the year. But they understand that they have to get better defensively. If you look at some of the other powers, or quote unquote powers in the AFC, you know, the the New England Patriots, Kansas City, some of those teams, Denver, who played very well last week and took it to Dallas. I mean, that's what they they need to they need to understand that their defense has to be able to be on par with some of those type of teams and. And that's their work in progress. That's what that's what they get. they go out, and they draft, and have a have a couple rookies starting, it, you know, with Lee and and uh, Van starting on their on their off on their defensive line and linebacker core now. So it's they're building it, but that that team is a, an offensive based team. Their defense needs to catch up, but they're an offensive based team and a pretty darn good offense as well.
0: Jason, when you look at this Miami Dolphins team, you see a, a Jake Cutler that came out of nowhere. He's supposed to be in a booth somewhere, wearing a nice tie and a, and a nice two-piece to a three-piece suit. But the brother decided to come back to the National Football League with Adam Gaze and, and play for your former team, the Miami Dolphins. And I know it was just one game because the first game was postponed. but. Uh, what you see of him in comparison to Ryan Tannehill, and it's not saying Ryan Tannehill wasn't playing solid football with Coach Adam Gase, but Jake Cutler, he looks really comfortable. He made some quality plays. Uh, the defense is playing sound. I think he has all the pieces around him. How do you see this team actually faring this year, considering they're having another opportunity to make a run to get back into the postseason?
2: Well, yeah, Jay, Jay came out of the booth, and you know you make really good money on TV, but, but uh, starting quarterbacks in the NFL – when the starter goes down in training camp, you hold all the cards, so it's a much better paying job to be in the huddle than uh, on TV. So Jay made that decision, but I think it's a great fit for him. I mean, obviously he and Gates have history, and they worked well together in, in years past. And, and luckily for the Miami Dolphins, Jay, Jay was available and, and willing to come out of retirement and be able to step in. So you know, he's very familiar with the offense. He understands the system. He understands how how Adam works. And then if you look at the skill guys that he has around him. I mean, Devontae Parker and uh, Jay Ajayi in the backfield, Jarvis Landry. I mean, he's got a lot of skilled guys that he doesn't have to try to do too much. And, you know, the difference with, with – you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between Jay and, and uh, Ryan Tannehill. I thought Tannehill had a really good year last year, particularly for having changed an offense again. You know, if you look at the transition, the transitions that, that Tannehill's had to make in his career – with the revolving door of offensive coordinators and, and changes, I mean, I thought he did a pretty good job. But Jay is a gunslinger, you know. He Jay can do things with his arm that that not many people on this planet can do. And sometimes that gets him in trouble. Sometimes he takes chances that he shouldn't take, or or try to fit balls in places where he shouldn't fit them in. People give him heck sometimes because he, he kind of has a, a a laissez-faire look to his face. It doesn't mean he doesn't care. It's just just the way he goes about his business. But I think it's a good fit for them. Uh, it was a really good two weeks of dealing with adversity and turmoil and, and a lot of "quote unquote" distractions. You know, with with Hurricane Irma coming through and and wreaking devastation on the Keys and in, in the Miami and Florida Lado area, I mean it was you know, they had to cancel a game, go out to the West Coast, and really open up shop out there for for over a week and, and rebounded and, and played a, a pretty good team and found a, found a way to get a win. So, a great start. You go to New York this week, and you, know, you, you talk about everyone beats the Jets. You know, you, you, being, being a long-time Dolphin and playing the Jets <laughs> a lot of times, when, when both teams were good or bad, you never know what you're going to get in those kind of games.
1: And you were on both sides of that rivalry, I recall. I, I think some yeah. of our fans may not remember that you played in our nation's capital, so... As we get ready for Oakland and Washington, you'll be in the booth for Westwood One sports coverage of Monday Night Football. What do you make of how the Redskins have dealt with Kirk Cousins? Certainly no need to hold a bake sale for him with back-to-back franchise tenders, all in $44 bucks combined the last two years. But, Jason, it feels like they like Cousins, but maybe they don't love him.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like the girl you date for. Six, seven, eight years, and you never, you never propose to her and go ahead and get married. You know, but you, you take care of her for those, those the money years. It, it's tough for a player to to be on a one year contract. You know, all, albeit it's guaranteed money, and people look at the number and say, "Well, he's he's making a ton of money. He has nothing to complain about." You know, it's this is such a short term league in, in a lot of ways, and you never know what's going to happen and. You, know, you look at the cases like uh, Alex Smith when he was in San Francisco, and you know he misses one game with a with a concussion, and next thing you know, it's you know he's gone. It's the Kaepernick show. So players want security, they want longevity, they want to know where they're going to be year in and year out, and it makes a player, in a lot of ways, if you get the right player, I think it makes them so comfortable. It makes them more comfortable to where they can relax, open up shop a little bit, get their family rooted, and, and, and get to work, and not kind of. You, you know, you want a player looking over his shoulder sometimes and, and always being competitive and understanding his job's never safe, but, but not in that way. But it, it, it's hard to sell to people because of the amount of money he's making, but they like him in Washington. He's a, I think he's a, a really good quarterback. He's done a, a lot of good things for them and won a lot of ball games. It's not always flashy. It's not always pretty. Um, you know, he may not sell the most jerseys out there for a quarterback. But if you look around this league in and, and a quarterback-driven league and, and see the uh, – the plethora of bad quarterback play. There's a lot of teams out there that would love to have him, I'm sure.
1: Jason, as always, we appreciate your time and insights. Have a great call on Sunday night on Westwood One, and congratulations again on the speech. I think you touched a lot of people as you were completely candid about your journey to the Hall of Fame. Well,
2: thank you very much. I appreciate that.